Welcome to the Retail Ready Podcast, hosted by Ben Wyatt, your destination for product development, food trends, and some serious knowledge bombs about the food industry. Welcome back to the show, Tony. You are the uh, the first guest to be um, back on the show. We've done 50-odd episodes now, and I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about the COVID-19 special podcast on the Retail Ready podcast. How are you doing, Tony? I'm good, Ben. Thanks very much for having me back on. As you say, very, very interesting times, to say the least. I mean, <laughs> we were talking last time, this was barely on the horizon. And now it's got, uh, yeah, it's certainly a different situation now. Yeah, 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 100% agree there. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted where the world would be. Even it's not, we're not even country specific. It's literally a global um, crisis that we're facing. And it's changed a lot of people's behaviors. And I just wanted to get you back on the show because you literally live and breathe this space, as we knew from um, your very first episode on the podcast. You. You are all around what's going on, and I just wanted to get you on board because I'm seeing a lot of stuff, and you're probably reading a lot of people who have never been in this situation before, and I just wanted to get your views on where you think um, the trends, the insights, behavior will go as a result of COVID-19, and as with always, let's just free and easy and uh, go from there. Does that sound good with you, Tony? That sounds good with me, Ben. And uh, I think, as you say, the big question on people's minds is what is going to change with COVID-19? And I'll give you a balanced answer. Everything and nothing. I mean, if, if we look at what's happening now, everything is changing. If we look at the yeah. short-term effects to restaurants, food, food distribution, supply chains, everything is changing. But if we take a futurist approach and say, what will this change in 10, 20 or 30 years? The answer is nothing. I mean, it's serious. People are dying. I do not in any way take away the seriousness and impact. Mm -hmm. But in historical terms, when we look back in 20 or 30 years time at the future of food, this will be a bump in the roadway. It will have made some short-term changes, but in the long term, nothing will change. Yeah, it's very true. You, you, I always look at, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the share market and investing, and even though I'm very amateuristic at, at, at that, I still love to to explore in this field. And you see the bumps along, I look at the graph of the last 100 years, and you look at all the bumps that have happened, but it still grows, things still move on. And this is just another one that will teach us a lot of lessons. And I'm I'm learning a lot of lessons because as we last spoke, Tony, I had I had a whole plan on a page for the next twelve months. And I look at that plan now going, you know what, I'm I'm gonna scrap that project, get rid of that one. And I'm now looking at a new a new wave of projects for the the short term. However, and correct me if I'm wrong, long term. Uh, the views that we spoke about last year that that they're going to kick off again. Like sustainability is still going to be there. Packaging issues, um, the the approach on people's health is going to um, still be a key part. What's your views on all this? Yeah, look, I absolutely agree. I think 
that it, what it's going to do is it's going to accelerate some changes somewhat. It may change trajectory on some of the some of the industry, but overall, that long term impact of what consumers want is not going to change. I mean, if, if we look at what's happening at the moment, we're getting a real redistribution and a blurring now between retail and food service. As you know, closing restaurants, they have their supply chains. Those supply chains can't supply a lot of these restaurants now they're closed. That product has to be redistributed back into retail somehow. And we've even got things over here like McDonald's are now selling milk and bread and gourmet <laughs> bread rolls. Now, you know, that's blurring the lines. In, in, in the US, you've got US restaurants selling groceries. You've got grocery stores selling prepared meals made by restaurants down the road. There's been a lot of relaxing of some of the regulations and zoning requirements, all these sorts of things, so that people can run these so-called ghost kitchens mm. where all they do is make takeaway food. And restaurants are turning into that. They're just making takeaway. They're trying to keep the doors open, cover their overheads, and wait the thing out. So I think that real blurring between retail and food service is going to be really, really interesting short term and how much of that actually persists into the long term uh, as well. And of course, the other big winner in the whole thing is anyone associated with uh, home delivery meals, whether that's Uber Eats, Deliveroo, or people like um, the U Foods over here in Australia, yep. Lightning, people <laughs> delivering home meals, meal kits, food boxes as they call over yeah well yeah we we have hello fresh we're a we're a customer of hello fresh and have been for around about three months and we just we don't we were actually contemplating oh we're getting a bit fed up with the meals now i couldn't think of a better um offer and business to just keep keep uh delivering a box to us so we don't have to stress about going to the, the grocery store. Yeah, look, absolutely right, Ben. So that's one of the things where we might see people who normally either wouldn't order online or were maybe thinking about it or might do it in 12 months. They try these things now, then they have to decide to themselves when things go back to whatever the new normal is, how convenient was that how well does that meet now my ongoing needs is online ordering of complete meal kits the way to go or do i back off a step and i now order online from coles and woolworths and gee that was much easier than i thought it would be i yeah. can continue doing that or is it no i prefer to wander up and down the aisles see what's going on see what's new and then buy or how is this going to change the consumer behavior in the long term once they've got the options back again or simply leaving the house, um, maybe not um, whenever they like, but mm. relaxation in how often they can go out and the risk factors go down. How are people going to react in the long term? I think that's going to be a really, really interesting one. Um, and I think what that brings up for any food business at the moment, um, however they're being impact, is the ability to pivot. What can you do to change your business so that it accommodates the current reality? As you and I were talking about before we came on, or you were mentioning there, 
that you know plans you had for 12 months going yep. out the window projects mm. are on projects are off you're a restaurant what can you do to pivot to be able to provide meals provide food that you weren't doing before can you yes help get groceries out to people by having groceries in your restaurant can you find a way of still taking the food supplies that you're getting for your restaurant repackaging those for retail sales so you get all your steak in and you break it up individual steaks and you sell it and you sell that to people and make them up a meal kit from your restaurant what can you do to pivot to address the current reality and those businesses that are able to pivot and find those ways of addressing the new market reality are the ones that are going to survive in the long term i think those that simply call it too hard and shut their doors unless they've got some very very sympathetic bank managers or very deep pockets they will never Perfect. reopen yeah which is such a shame because because you look at it two ways because there's some businesses out there which are, are amazing however they just don't have that financial backing to keep them going for such a long time whereas the big boys can kind of sit back let it play out and they'll be all right for six months a year um because they're a big but they're not probably the ones that are adapting um or don't need to adapt they can just sit sit and wait and i just find that so fascinating that's why i hope so many businesses and brands can literally look at that plan on a page which i have and gone yep that doesn't work that doesn't work i need to adapt there i hope they can look at it and go right guys let's put all our effort here yes we've hit a a huge hurdle or opportunity uh, that some businesses might see and go for it and i've i'm going to bring it up have you ever read the book who moved my cheese tony i have heard of that book ben but i actually haven't read it it's been on my list to read for a while but um my um my, i'm a a book junkie and i have 40 unread books on my kindle at the moment so <laughs> maybe it make its way to the top <laughs> This, this, I have, I've read it twice this week and it's been on my to-do list to read for the last 12 months. And since this crisis has um, risen, I just went, right, I think now's the time to read Who's, Who Moved My Cheese, which is talks about how businesses and individuals need to adapt in times of crisis or um, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. And it is fantastic. It's only very short book literally you could do it in 40 minutes and it's it's amazing to to mix business with human behavior and this covid-19 has literally kind of is the cheese the mm. cheese has been moved so where everyone was comfortable and kind of getting on with things and this COVID-19 has come along and moved the cheese and the cheese is kind of, yeah, the acronym for the, just what people uh, are working towards. And there's going to be different ways of what people are going to do with this cheese. Some people will sit there and just go, Oh, not my fault. I'll, I'll wait until the cheese yeah. comes back. But I honestly don't think the cheese will come back. It's, it's been moved to a new place and it's, going to move people's mindsets and behavior and how business is done definitely for the short term but i can see this being the long term which is people working from home this is the biggest test ever to be done with 
businesses allowing staff to work from home. Uh, what do you agree, or what? What's your views on that? Yeah, look, as, as you say, I mean, things have changed in your parlance. There, the cheese has been moved, and some people will be able to see where it's gone, and other people will never find it. And that goes back to what we were saying before about those that can pivot and find the cheese are the ones that are going to survive. Those that can't find the cheese again are the ones that are not going to survive. And I think we've obviously had some very good um, injections into the economy to try and keep businesses open. And I think that will be mm. a great help to a lot of businesses, but it's still going to be a very, very difficult time. So I think you're saying in that short term, it's going to be very difficult for food businesses. And depending if you're a supplier, who your clientele are, if you're in the business of supply in the restaurant industry, uh, yeah, that could be a real issue for you. If you're in supplying consumer packaged goods to retail, uh, you're going to see at least a short, sharp peak. And then depending whether people keep that stock or that hoarded food stock in their garage, all those toilet rolls in the cupboard or not, mm -hmm. they use them up, who, who knows? That's what's going to be the interesting one. So will people see in the you know, packaged goods industry a, an additive impact or just a slight shift in their sales for this quarter versus next quarter. I think that's going to be an, an interesting one to see. And it's, I think the other thing, of course, is looking at the sort of food that people are hoarding. A lot of comfort food is being hoarded. Yeah. A lot of packs of potato chips and pints and gallons and litres of ice cream and things like that. Uh, I went into the supermarket the other week, virtually no frozen pizzas gone yeah and yeah. you know so people at convenience and more indulgent items are really going well at the moment and I th I, as i noticed i think on your linkedin profile there ben you were saying you know some of the things have gone out the window uh, lower alcohol consumption uh, yeah and a lot of that sort of stuff is well yeah i think that's going to be a bit on hold for a while yeah and certainly yeah. see some changes there but the other interesting thing, which goes to the longer term one, which we were talking about before, where everything yeah. has changed now, but nothing has changed for the long term, is we look at that, as we talked about it last time, this personalised wellness, where people want things for them. They want it personalised for them, for their genetics, for their microbiome, for their lifestyle. They want stuff that's personalised for them. And one of the interesting ones is that if you look at Google searches for immune support and vitamin C. I have indeed. <laughs> in Australia, from the 23rd uh, week of the 23rd of February compared to the week of the 15th of March, in Australia it was up 10 times the number of Google searches, up by five times in the US and 10 times in the UK. Searches for vitamin C for immune support, up three times in Australia two times in the US and three times in the UK. So people are looking to say, well, I know there's not a vaccine. I know there's not a trend. What can I do to boost my immunity? Or boost is probably the, really the technically the wrong word. Yeah. yeah. Keep my immunity up while these things are happening. So I minimise the risk of my getting COVID-19. And the other thing that people are doing is they're looking at stress relief, which is another one. There's a company in the UK called the Marshmallowist. They sell gourmet marshmallows. They've had a huge spike in CBD infused products in the last few weeks. 
That's interesting. <laughs> and, and another company called Tastewise, they look across social media and they're seeing the same thing. They're seeing immunity, sports relief searches, both searches in Google, mentions in social media are way up because let's face it, unknown, whether it's the immediate unknown of COVID-19 or whether it's the, the long-term unknowns of change, people are stressed and they're looking to get this personalised wellness where they're looking after not just their physical health, but their mental health, their cognitive health, their relationship health, and they're seeing food as something that will help them with that. So we have a bit of a strange mix at the moment where things are probably not going to help with that, like big buckets of uh, ice cream or chips or whatever. Yeah. But long-term that is still going to continue to be a major driver in the industry. And completely, completely agree. And just to chip in, is yeah, that LinkedIn post, which is which has had a lot of comments and feedback, which has been great. And it, it's funny because yeah, you, when we last spoke, we we're, were talking keto, and I was expecting yep, a rise in in keto to to continue. You bring in coronavirus and all your keto lovers are seeking, yeah, your, your frozen uh, pizzas and ice cream, which are far from keto as you could imagine uh, because they're the comfort food. But one um, one interesting article that I was reading was all like when the panic buying was kicking off, literally every loaf of bread was removed, pasta was uh, off the shelves, and someone went, but I thought we're all in a gluten-free diet at the moment. So <laughs> like, it, it's funny how people's beliefs just change, can change overnight when um, when literally a curveball is thrown at them, um, yeah. which is so interesting. On I'm, I'm a huge lover, as you know, on human behavior and food trends. When you, when you put them together, yeah. uh, they work really well. Um, and it's... It, it, I'm I'm enjoying the scoping out. I have a I have a piece of paper in front of me that I've had uh, for the last couple of weeks because every day something is changing. And speaking to different people like yourself, looking at articles, I'm looking at short short term wins. What people are looking for the comfort, the the kind of the at home feel good factor. But then you've got to look at that can only last so long when everyone starts piling on the kilos because it, it feels like it's just a long Christmas holiday kind of thing. Everyone's at home, not having a clue what day of the week it is. Um, they're going to start looking at that personalized uh, health that you just mentioned. So there's going to be a lot of brands that will win in this space, I'd believe. Yeah, look, absolutely, because we are of necessity – creatures of habit Ben. we get up in the morning we clean our teeth we shave we shower we whatever we go off to work we take our coffee at the coffee shop on the way by we have our sandwich and we come home those habits have been totally disrupted and when it's totally disrupted you know that's when people fall back into okay i'm totally disrupted what's going to make me feel good i know another slice of cheesecake another plate of ice cream. But as you say, at some point, it's going to have to, you know, the chickens will come home to roost, if you like. Yeah. Well, that's not doing you any good. So you're going to have to make a change there. But it's those, you know, breaking our habits. And I think that's another interesting one, which could change a lot of the food industry too, is what if 
30% of the people that currently work from home go, I love this. They're highly productive. Their bosses say, these people really work well from home. They're highly productive. I'll just let them work from home from here on in. Now, that's going to fundamentally change the business of a lot of uh, cafes and restaurants that cater to people who come into town every day, as we said before, pick up their Mm. coffee, their croissant, their whatever. Because what I found is that not everybody works well from home. You have to be a certain uh, mindset, to be able to adopt a certain mindset and be very self-motivated and self-disciplined to work from home by yourself with no one else around. And I think some people are going to love it. Some people are going to find they can't wait to get back to work and be around people. Yeah. So that's another thing that indirectly could change a lot of the food industry. It's so true because I 100% agree. I think before this, a lot of people would have gone, oh, I wish I could work from home. Now they're in that situation. I think it will be an an eye-opener to a lot of people to to now stop the complaining Um, and they know what's best for them. I I actually have one. I've, I've, I've circled it because I'm still working my head around it. And it'll be interesting to feed this uh, off yourself. Do you think next year that once this is all quietened down, but we're talking nine to 12 months time, that there will be a baby boom? Ooh, that's an interesting one. Because mm. I look at it. I, ways. I mean, people could get yep. the tack of, I don't know what the world's going to be like in 12 months. Do I bring yep. a child into the world? Um, what they found in China is there was a big um, spike in divorces. Um, in, in <laughs> was there really? And they're not quite sure whether that was because the magistrates' courts were closed and so there was a sudden backup or whether that was going to be an ongoing spike in divorces from people having to live together in a confined environment for way too long. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> well, it's not good for them, but that, that's a great little insight, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Just to go back, Ben, to our, our our long-term future, I think this is what I would say to any businesses out there now grappling with COVID-19, what's going on is, yes, you need to pivot now to do what you need to do to survive, but don't neglect the longer-term future because, as we were saying before, at the moment, everything has changed and nothing has changed. Everything has changed for the short term Nothing has changed in the drivers of what people are looking for in the long term. The road we travel to get there has changed slightly. But Hmm. you pointed out with the long term um, uh, financial markets, stock markets, in the long term, it keeps going in the one direction. We're going to go in the one direction. And those that look on this as, okay, I need to pump some resources into the short term. But on the other hand, don't neglect continuing to look to the longer term so they continue to get a competitive advantage when this comes off and in three, five and ten years' time, then I think those are the companies that are really going to to flourish in the longer term and they're going to have a significant competitive advantage if they take that longer-term approach. Fantastic. Well, I think think that kind of summarises the the special edition of the podcast because 
I could talk to you like last time for hours and we could go into many different uh, areas. But I think this gives a great overview to everyone who is listening. That, And I, I think your your comment that everything has changed and nothing's changed is just absolutely fantastic because we're in this world of panic at the moment. But after a while, it will become the norm and we just get on with life. And uh, it's nice that the government are assisting where they can. I think they've done a real good job in a in a time that no one actually has a clue what is right and what is wrong but it seems like they're putting enough support to help um a lot of businesses and um it'll just be interesting to see what comes of this but i just i just want to thank your time again tony it's always a pleasure to speak to someone who who lives and breathes this space and um knows what they're talking about so it's I don't know how long it'll be until you're back on the show, hopefully uh, before episode 100, because (laughs) things are changing every week, aren't they? (laughs) I I think so, Ben. I think, you know, give it another three or four months, and that's when we're really going to see how the virus has progressed, where we are in terms of, you know, getting to the other side. Um, That's going to be the really interesting one. So I'm saying three to four months, let's see what's happening there. That's the time to really take stock. And... Things are changing so fast. This is such a good example and bad in its way of exponential growth. We're linear beings. We think linearly. So we think, you know, if it took, you know, a week to get to 100 cases, it'll take two weeks to get to 200. No, it's exponential. It's only going to take two days to get to the 200. So I think people can get their minds around this exponential growth in the spread of the virus, then apply that exponential mindset to what's coming in the future as well, because it's not coming linearly, it's coming exponentially, like the virus has come for us in terms of an infection, so is the future coming exponentially for us. And like the virus, it's coming whether we like it or not. We can slow it down if we really, really try hard, but we can't stop it. Fantastic. Well, everyone who has listened and has taken some knowledge nuggets from this show, like honestly, start following Tony Hunter. A uh, huge, huge fan of your work, as as you know. But even just the articles that you share on LinkedIn, it just opens your mind to to new ways of uh, thinking. And uh, as always, Tony, thank you very much. You keep safe, keep washing those hands, and I know you're a uh, you're in self isolation um, already, so uh, you keep well. And thank you again. Yeah, yeah. I'll just keep social distancing and keep that. <laughs> if people do want to keep up with anything, then of course www.futuristforfood.com. Fantastic. Speak soon, Tony. See you then. Bye.